I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. by dispatch today i'm Brittany, and joining me today as always is my friend emily lynn hi emily hi Brittany. how are you i'm doing all right how are you doing i'm doing good happy tuesday usually you record on sundays but there was a trailer of a thing that ended up not really being a trailer, but 30 seconds of our lives that we could have lived without. I mean, look, it's not like the most terrible. It's not like it's a horrible thing that we sat through or anything. But probably if we had just recorded on Sunday, it would have been fine. I know. I know. It it sucked because, like, you know, you said you couldn't re- that we should just wait. Or, you know, you texted me being like, hey, should we just wait? And I was like, yeah, perfect. Because, you know, we... Carlos and I were going to go on a nice walk at the park who we were going to bring his dog. But yeah, then yesterday comes and it's Mandalorian day. You know, of course there's like football going on and you know, I'm in, I'm in my garage, you know, lifting weights and then the trailer comes and then it goes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot to it. Yeah. Oh, I did. I did today. I got my um, the the Hasbro Pulse exclusive Black Series Armorer figure, mm. which is in a little cool box with like a sl- she like slides out the like slides out to the side, and unlike the special edition Cad Bane that I bought, they didn't fuck up the box on this one. So I'm very happy. So how did they fuck up the box? Okay. Okay. First of all, like normally I would not care because normally I open doors, but like I got the special edition of these because they come in the nice box with like, they're like, they have a solid like matte black front. They have a cool panel on the side. And again, it like slides out. So it makes like a nice little display thing, but they shipped it in it too large of a box with like one, one of those little air packets in it. So there's just like a big, like a big dent, like scratch and like the front. And of course, it's right in the front of the box. Like, I don't complain when 
action figures I order from Amazon or something get messed up because Amazon, like you have people sending everything, their working conditions suck, whatever, whatever. Like they're not, they're not focused on like sending stuff for collectors, but like the whole reason Hasbro Pulse exists is as a collector's website. It's not even like parents buying toys for the kids. Cause if you're doing that and then you're just going to like Walmart or Target or Amazon to sell special edition stuff and ship it unprotected is really annoying. Yeah, that's a bummer because, you know, those are seen as like collectibles. And I would hate if, you know, something I got as a collectible came to me damaged, you know, because especially like you you probably spent like a lot of money, a lot of time, you know, getting this like this is probably like a sold out, you know, item, right? Yeah. I'd be mad. Did you email them? No, because it's not like it's not damaged enough to complain about it. You know, I guess I don't know. I think I think the Karen in me intensifies sometimes, so that's why I always ask. <laughs> like it's enough to annoy me, but it's like if if the box had been completely crushed or something, then I would have. But I'm like, it's just a, like it's a dent, and I can't like you can't undent cardboard; it doesn't work. And I'm like, Ugh. I can see it, and it irritates me. It's still a good looking figure though. But the armor is really cool because the um like that fur that she has on her shoulders and stuff isn't isn't molded plastic. It's actually like fabric, like soft goods, which is neat because they normally don't do that shit. Oh, it's really cool. That's so cool. I know I was at Target yesterday and I saw uh the baby Yoda figure. Which one? The the one in like the very small box. Oh, the the, the black series. Oh, okay, yeah, the black series one. Yeah, and I was like, wow, they actually sell these because usually like it's so hard to find like Star Wars stuff in stores now. And like with Target too, because Target sells some of Galaxy's Galaxy's Edge's merch. Oh yeah, I saw they were doing that now. Yeah, they have mugs. They have they have the droids that you can build. But it's already, like, assembled and everything. And it's a little smaller than, like, the one that you could build at Disneyland. But, yeah, it's it's fine. But, yeah, speaking of Disneyland, I guess they're definitely not going to open until, like, 2021. Because they had a little little talk about it today. And you, uh, Anaheim has to be in, like, the yellow tier to, like, allow, like, 20% of people into the parks. And fucking good. Because that's a place with a lot of people and people could get sick and we can't afford that right now. So I'm in full support of let's let Disney stay closed for the sake of safety. And especially because, you know, seeing all those people protesting out there for Disneyland to open makes me just want to have it keep it closed for another three years. (laughs) Yeah, fuck those people. Like, how entitled can you be? It's so sad because it's like I get that, you know, there's a lot of employees, you know, who, you know, from Disney, their lives at stake, you know, they're not getting paid, you know, they're losing their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But if you go out on protest because you want to go to a fucking theme park, like that's selfish. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. I don't know. Like it's it's really frustrating. 
But related to that, um, we did get an announcement that Disney is shifting a whole lot of focus onto Disney Plus, which makes sense because, I mean, they have to. Theme parks aren't open. Movies aren't happening. So Disney Plus is going to be where it's at. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right, which, you know, good for them. They're seeing how successful Disney Plus has been. I just feel bad for those movies like Soul, like which is a Pixar movie. And, you know, those Pixar movies, they spend like five to ten years, you know, making the script, getting everything together. And it's just going to be a movie that's on Disney Plus, even though, you know, it's making money. It's not making as much money as it would in the theaters. So that's where I'm just like, ah, oh, that sucks. But also, like, you know, good for them for shifting their focus on something that's very successful and that a lot of people are into right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm actually, I really want to see Soul. Like, the, the couple of things I've heard about it, like, it's supposed to be just amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited for that. That should be really good. I'm excited for a Christmas Day movie. Yeah. And I think we're going to see more... Like maybe like some stuff that was going to be, you know, theatrical stuff in Star Wars or possibly, you know, possibly theatrical stuff is going to move to Disney Plus. And and I'm I'm OK with that. But I think they're going to really ramp up the the original series productions. I mean, as much as they can, because, you know, like there's going to be a lot of reliance on on the volume and stuff, obviously, which they, which they'd probably be doing anyway. But. Like you can't you can't exactly be doing a lot of location shooting right now. Yeah, that's tricky. But I mean, we've got Mando starting in like I mean, when we're recording this, like a week and a half. Um, when this episode is up, it'll be in a week. Um, is WandaVision next month? I think so. Let me check. Oh, I get this uh, Wikipedia says December for WandaVision. Mm. Cassian is supposed to start shooting next month. Or Star Wars Andor as it was released as it was on some production site. Whether that will be the name that sticks or not, I do not know. But Well, you know what that means. Catherine's really happy. Yes, and we need to be on Mendo Watch. Oh my god. I can't decide if I want to know or not. I'm going to know and not tell you like I accidentally told you in <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> well, I didn't tell you, but I was just like, "Hey, go see Spider-Man." And then you're you're a very intelligent, smart person <laughs> and 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 you understood. Yeah, I knew what that meant. But that's okay. Um, but no, I I really hope he's in it. Obviously. Because he's my guy, and Krennic is my guy, but I'll d- if he's not, that's the thing is I want to know if he's not. Because then I, because if I go in, like, hoping and expecting him to be there, and then he's not there, then I'll be disappointed. But if I know, like, if I know enough beforehand, then I'm just, then I am can just get excited about the show in general. Because it's going to have Tarkin, hopefully it'll have Space Jimmy Smiths, it's going to have Mon Mothma gonna be a spy show that's lots of things that i like yeah it's the perfect recipe for a good show and i'm eager to see 
you know, some more familiar faces that we're going to get in and some new faces. Potentially some old faces with capes. I'm really hoping we get some capes. <laughs> I don't know. It just it seems right because it would add so much to, you know, Cassian, you know, being the one to shoot Krennic at, you know, the end of Rogue One. Like, I would love, you know, maybe there's like a backstory between them. Like, yeah, I like just. E- yeah. Even if they never actually like meet or anything on the show. If they're just sort of like, you know, kind of circling around each other without even knowing that's what they're doing. And it's it's like if you're going to have Tarkin, I think it's cool to have Krennic. And I think it's. I mean, look, if if Tarkin is your main villain, that's fine. But I think having your villain have like another antagonist that they're sort of butting heads with makes for a good drama. Yeah, I agree. You have to have one with the other. It's like milk and cookies. You know, <laughs> like I don't eat milk and cookies. I don't even like milk. Like people who just like have milk like while eating like dinner or something. I'm just like, I, I, I don't know about that. I, I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'll have milk if I'm having like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah. I just, I don't do milk. I like ice cream, but just... Just no milk and protein shakes. I like, even though it's nothing to do with milk. Ah, <laughs> uh, said, should we talk about the Mando trailer? Yeah, sure. It was thirty seconds of our life that we're never going to get back. We saw a, a lot of. There's too much fucking Gina Carano. That's yeah. all I gotta say. That's going to be a real, like, look, I I get that there's nothing they can do. Like, the season was already shot when this stuff happened. But, man, it's a bummer because it's going to be really difficult to get into it and, like, divorce myself from that. I don't know how you can, though, because, like, I can't even look at her and not think of, like, all of the people that she's hurt. And all of just the damage that she's done. Like, it, yeah. it just it hurts. It's like seeing, like, your ex-boyfriend at the store and just being like, ah, but then you have to keep her cool because you're in public. Like, that's how I felt watching that fucking trailer. It, it sucks, yeah, because I don't, like, I don't know. Like, people talk about, like, oh, you got to separate the art from the artist. And I'm like, eh, do you, though? And it's, like, I'm not just going to be able to ignore it. Like, I'm going to be annoyed whenever she's on screen. Well, I'm looking at it now. I mean, there's not really much there other than, you know, he's flying the Razor Crest. Whoop-de-doo, look at me. I'm the Mandalorian. I'm in snow. And then now I'm in the dirt. I'm walking near my boots. And at first I thought that was Boba Fett. Shout out to Haas. But nope, he's just walking over. He has a child. And he's like, I need to find these child's parents. And they're like, okay, have fun. And then, you know, the little handshake. And then now they're on Tatooine or a desert planet. And now he's in the snow again. And then he's talking about how he needs to find help from other Mandalorians. Then he's at the place where everyone's fighting. And then the, the guy with one eye is like, oh... You you can't bring a child here. And he's like, fuck you. I do what I want. But you should say that other than this is the way. Because I'm done with this is the way. Okay, so there's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, 
Yeah, there's a bunch of stormtroopers. Okay. Oh, we see the blue guy from the first episode. You know the one that he put in carbonite? Yeah, I guess I guess they're friends now. They're gonna do stuff together. Fantastic. Maybe he'll replace Gina Carano. I don't know. But that that's it. That's the trailer. Just you know, they're walking around, you know, the the fab four, you know, including Baby Yoda. That's it. That's the trailer. So don't even watch it. Just listen to this podcast episode of me explaining it. I've explained it perfectly. That was a really good recap. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Um, I do like the bit about wanting to find the other Mandalorians to help him. And, you know, that opens the door to obviously like Bo-Katan and Boba Fett and it's I say Cobb Vanth. It's gonna be so funny if that's not who Timothy Oliphant is playing, and everybody like in the fandom has just been ins- assuming that the whole time for like no reason whatsoever. But if he's just like like some dude running a cantina somewhere or something, or some like tentacle alien guy. You don't waste him, though. Like, you use him. Well, sure, but there's plenty of ways you could use him that isn't him being Cobb Vanth. Yeah, it's like putting, like, Jason Sudeikis in, like, a fucking Stormtrooper costume. I mean, that was that was amazing, though. That was pretty good. I, I, I love cameos, you know, of, like, actors and being like, hey, I know this person. You know, maybe they're going to do like a Jack McCall and you know, maybe like Timothy, maybe he's the blue guy now. <laughs> That's a great idea. No, I, I yeah, I, I, you know, like I don't want to see Ahsoka or Boba Fett in any of the trailers, but I could have, I could have gone with seeing uh, Timmy Oliphant. But you know who we should have seen? Is goddamn Moff Gideon? How is, is he? Not, he? How is he not in the trailers? Is he okay? Like, does he need assistance of some kind? Like, he, I'm willing to go help find him. He's supposed to be the villain of our show, right? He has the goddamn dark saber, and is after Baby Yoda. Well, Emily, no, Gina Carano is now the main villain of the show. <laughs> Man, it'd be awesome if that first episode ended with her biting it. Maybe, like, that's what's going to happen is that she's going to turn bad or something. I mean, I'm hoping because then it'd be like, yeah. Yeah, but you still got to see her. It's like, it's like seeing your ex at the grocery store. Like, you don't, you can, you know, just. Assuming your ex was a huge bigot. Yeah. Fuck you. No, I don't know. I'm just throwing scenarios out there. It, you know, you, you always got to be, whatever you go, you got to be prepared for, you know, whoever you're going to see, especially at the grocery store. Like, I was at the grocery store the other day, and I ran into my aunt. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I haven't seen you since Christmas. And, of course, you know, we were social distancing and everything. And it was funny because she didn't recognize me because, like, I'm a whole new human now. So she's just like, oh, my God, what happened to you? I'm like, I, I don't know. You know, so it it's always nice when you see family, like, especially in, like, random places. Like, when I was in Scottsdale, like, I ran into, like, a random cousin of mine. And I'm just like, what the heck? Like, out of all places, like, I don't know. It always happens to me. Like, I'm, I'm going to go hiking in Julian next weekend or next week. And I'm probably going to run into someone I know there, you know? Like, 
it's weird when you run into people completely out of context like that. I remember once when we were on, like I would have been like a teenager, we were on vacation at the Grand Canyon and we ran into somebody else from our hometown who my dad knows. And I mean, first of all, the Grand Canyon is not small. There's so many people there. So even like, I mean, like whatever, whatever, like the fact that they were there at the same time is weird enough. But the fact that they like we ran into each other was so bizarre. Yeah, like I remember being at Disney World and, you know, running into, you know, one of the like big head honchos on my old work and just being like, oh, hi, what are you doing here? He's like, I don't know what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm here to party. (laughs) Not really, but yeah, it just. When I was working at Starbucks, when I first moved to New York, one day the president of my college came in. My college is in Ohio. But like she like and it was one of those things I'm like, why does that woman look so familiar to me? And I'm like, oh fuck, that's President Nugent. She taught one of my classic classes. That's weird. It's just so weird, just people and just running into people. Just life itself is just such a weird fucking thing. Like <laughs> that's very deep. Yes. Well, I don't know what to think of this Mandalorian shit other than I'm excited for season two. I could care less about season two. Like, it depends. You know, I'm at the flip of a coin at this point about how I feel. I'm not going to start, like, break down crying because of it. But I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know. Like, I'm going to be happy when it's on TV. But I just have such low fucking expectations for some reason. Like, I'm expecting mm-hmm. this to be shit. I don't know why. But, like, I do not think this is going to be as good as season one. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that season one benefited from is not having expectations for it. Yeah. Like I wanted, obviously I wanted it to be good because it's our first like live action Star Wars TV show. That's what I've always wanted. That's awesome. But I didn't, I didn't really think they'd pull it off. And I certainly did not expect to fall in love with a little green baby Yoda. And there was a little green baby Yoda and he's the greatest thing that's ever happened to Star Wars. Like, by far. And yeah. and the fact that we didn't know any of that was coming was amazing. But now I feel like... Look, I, I, I don't think... But I don't think that season one is, you know, like some sort of amazing prestige television. It's not like, you know, Deadwood or, or Mad Men or anything like that. But it is a great, solidly fun genre show. And now I am worried that season two is just going to fucking nosedive. I'm just ready for it to get here so that we can talk about it. I sound so enthused about this. And it's just, it sucks because it's like we have this Star Wars podcast. We're talking about Star Wars. And, you know, ironically, like it's me being here being like, not necessarily like, you know, fuck all of this, but just, I don't know. Just, I don't think we're in a good place right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, I hope it's good. Um, Like, beyond that, I don't know what to say. Like, I really hope that there is more Moff Gideon than the Traegers would lead us to believe. 
I want to see Giancarlo being cool and scary and awesome. Yeah, I agree. Like, I I want this to be good. You know, I'm proud of, you know, all the people that have worked, like, you know, very hard on this, you know, over, like, the past year, especially with all this COVID shit. Like, that must be really hard. But it's just rough. You know, I'm excited for these characters. I'm not so excited for, you know, a certain character. You know, I'm excited to, you know, see the writing and directing, but I don't know. And a little baby Yoda. Yeah, and Dave Filoni. Like, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what Dave Filoni will bring to season two. I think we mostly know what he's going to bring. That's my one nice comment for today is I'm interested in what Dave Filoni is going to bring to the table. <laughs> other than his cowboy hat. I'm interested. I want to see the Robert Rodriguez episode. And I think if Boba Fett is back, then my guess is Robert Rodriguez would be directing the, like, episode that is heavily Boba Fett. Possibly. Because he's done, you know, we did, like, Desperado, we did El Mariachi, like, even from Dust Till Dawn has sort of, like, a... You know, like fighty fight fight dirty westernness to it. I mean, with vampires and strippers, but sounds fun. Yeah, like look, I mean, you know, this you know is a TV spot during this during football to try to get people to watch to watch football to get Disney Plus, and that's fine. But it was a little disappointing not to have like something better. Like it's fine, but I wanted better than fine. It was just a really shitty game, too. So it's just like shit all around. Like, usually it's fun when it's actually like good football game, but this game wasn't good. I'm not just saying that because Rusty lo- or beat Carlos in their fantasy, but just. <laughs> oh, God. Sports. <laughs> okay. Is there any other Star Wars news? No, but I can't believe that The Bachelorette was on last week and I didn't talk about it. Okay. What do you have to say about it? Claire is our Bachelorette. She has made it. It's okay, but she's made it to La Quinta Inn and all the guys are there. You know, they got tested. She got tested. Everyone's clear. Everyone's good to go. It's the first row ceremony. You know, she sends some people home. It sucks. You know, but before that, you know, someone comes to her and says, hey, Claire, some guy that's here was liking pictures or was talking to girls on Instagram or it's the other way around. I don't know. The guy, I think one of the guys came to Claire and said, hey, there's someone here that's trying to say that I was DMing girls and that's not true. But guess what? 99% of the time, it is true. And 99% of the time, the lead doesn't care and keeps them there in the competition. But there's an episode tonight, and I think that person's going to, you know, say goodbye, La Quinta. Goodbye. Because I I don't know. Like, but it's interesting because there's this man named Dale. And for some reason, like, he is like Jesus. Like, when he steps out of the limo, just that's it. Like she's she, even after meeting him, she's like, 
I just met my husband. So you know that something's going on. Either, you know, they were talking before because she had access to every single person that was going to be on The Bachelorette. You know, she knew what they looked like and everything. And as soon as she saw Dale, she's like, this is it. And then, and of course, like, Dale's like a cool guy. Like, he's a model. He used to play professional football. Like, he's he seems nice. So I don't know how this is going to go. But... It just, it's weird. I miss the Bachelor mansion. Like, I miss, like, the Bachelor-esque things. But, you know, I'm going to settle for La Quinta. And hopefully the season continues to be good. But I just like it because it's nice to, you know, relax on the couch with my siblings and watch a show that we all love to hate watch. Not hate watch, but, you know, just, like, kind of just sit there and be like, this is ridiculous. I love it. (laughs) That's good. It's good to have shows like that. Yeah, it's sad, though, because usually they have, like, the bios of the guys where they're like, my name's Ken, I'm 26 years old, and I work at a pharmacy. And then it's like the, I'm Joe, I'm a farmer. And it just, it's, like, silly, and it just, it's ridiculous. And they didn't have that for some reason. But I think that reason is, is because I have a conspiracy theory that Claire leaves and that someone else is going to take the role of the Bachelorette, which has never happened before. And as Chris Harrison would say, this is the most dramatic season of the Bachelorette ever. He says that every single season, though, right? But I genuinely think that this is going to be the most dramatic season ever. Like, just you wait. Like, I'm going to give a review the next episode. Like, shit's going to go down. Oh, yeah. I'm reading about that right now. They say that she leaves. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot I mean, has happened. I mean, that guy's pretty good looking. He is, right? Isn't Dale just, he, he just smiles and just, your heart just melts. Oh, and there's a picture of him in a very cozy looking sweater. I appreciate. Oh, there's another picture of him in a cozy sweater. This guy likes sweaters. He looks good in sweaters, too. I like a guy in a cozy sweater. And you got Carlos some cozy sweaters. He'd look cute in those. But... Yeah, I like Dale. Uh, there's another guy that I like. But that's the thing is that I just I see Dale and I don't see anyone else. And I think that this is the same thing with Claire. You know, it's like, you know, the first time I met Carlos, like I didn't see anyone else in that Star Wars bar. I only saw him. <laughs> Aw. Good times. But yeah, I mean, that's it on my, you know, Bachelorette recap. I don't think anyone should allow me to recap things because I'm quite terrible at it. But I do it anyways because, you know, I have a microphone and I'm going to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to anything Star Wars? Anything you know, before mm. we get to email? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I believe we have an email or actually a voicemail from our good friend, Rebecca. Uh, she writes a little preface saying, hi, Emily and Brittany, just a random Star Wars question, but I thought I would put it in audio form. I promised it's safe for work and not Chris fresh rated. Hooroo, Rebecca. <laughs> so... Chris admitted to me that the reason, like, he asked some of those questions is to try to get us to try to ask something that we would refuse to answer. And he's going to have to try a lot harder. 
especially knowing that he was trying, which I sort of suspected at the time, but having confirmation of that. He's very sneaky, very, very sneaky, because I, you know, for like that, that was that that was hitting that was getting close (laughs) for me. That was getting really close. So I'd love to see how further he can go with that, because God, I can't wait to vaguely answer his questions. (laughs) God, I can't wait. He he said he didn't send anything this week because he feels like that should be spaced out. I don't think he should send anything for like six weeks tops just because. No, I'm kidding. You should. Well, send what if something. he sends? What if he sends things that aren't dirty? No, I'm kidding. I can already see this as a topic on the Geek Dudes. Brittany canceling the Geek Dudes, or Brittany canceling Chris Fresh? No, I love Chris Fresh. I mean, there's probably people we would cancel before Chris Fresh. Chris, he's a delightful. He's just a delightful monster. He is. He's a very dirty monster. He's like um, in Sesame Street, the one that's in the garbage can. Oscar the Grouch? Yeah, he's Oscar. He, he's in the trash can. That works. Yeah. That's fitting. Oscar was always one of my favorites, so that makes sense. It's perfect. I never had a favorite. I didn't watch a lot of uh, Sesame Street. That's oh, very sad for you. The best Muppets are... I don't like Kermit the Frog is on Sesame Street sometimes, but he is like he doesn't count on the Sesame Street Muppets. He counts as a Muppet Show Muppet. The best mm-hmm. Sesame Street Muppets are Grover and Telly and Oscar the Grouch and Snuffleupagus. And Big Bird is very good, mostly because Carol Spinney was, like, the best dude ever. And please watch the documentary, I Am Big Bird. I watched it and cried and cried and cried and cried. Rest in peace, Carol Spinney. He was amazing. And also the alien guys that try to pronounce words. Those are the best Sesame Street Muppets. And if you disagree with me, do not tell me because you are wrong. I like that pure honesty. If you don't disagree with me, don't tell me because you're wrong. I don't want to hear it. it. If people have bad things to say about Grover or about Tally Monster, I don't want to know. I will just ignore you. I mean, I won't. I'll yell at you. So I just love Big Bird because just the idea of Big Bird is just so like ridiculously great. Like, I just can't imagine, like, someone in a six-foot-tall bird costume just, like, opening my door right now. Like, that'd just be, the like, the funniest thing ever. Like, Big Bird at my door. Like, who would have fucking thought that, like, Big Bird, number one, knows where I live, and number two, is standing at my door. I mean, that's like, starting to sound a little bit scary, actually, but... I just think that'd be funny. Like, that's just so comical. Just, just imagining, like, I don't know, just... Just things. I love Big Bird, though. But I also love Rebecca, whose voicemail we need to listen to after our wonderful Chris Fresh-inspired tangent. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Brit and Canto Lindo. Uh, just thought I'd ask a bit of a question, seeing as though it's about 4.30 in the morning. 
and I'm waiting for the sun to come up to take my friend's dogs for a walk. What a strange world we live in these days. Anyway, I was don't know if you know the TV show Upload, um, basically where your brain gets put into some big supercomputer thing. Good show, well worth watching. I was thinking if that happened to you and you had to be uploaded into a droid from Star Wars, which droid would you choose? Question mark. Why am I reading that out like it's... Anyway, so <laughs> would you like to, say, become the embodiment of C-3PO? Now, I know you don't like C-3PO as he is, but how much more awesome would he be as one of you? Or maybe you'd like to end up like L3 and hang out inside the Millennium Falcon. I really don't know. Um, as long as I don't end up with a bad motivator, I think I'd be happy. But I'd love to hear your thoughts as to... Um, what you'd like to be uploaded into. Uh, and also on the subject of um, of lightsaber thingies, uh, lightsaber nunchuck is awesome, but what about lightsaber throwing stars where you have the star come out the sides and do a hell of a lot more damage? That would be awesome. Anyway, thanks for the great podcast and chat to you both soon. Huru, Rebecca in Perth. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah, thank you. That's a definitely a good question because I'm thinking of all the droids that I would want to be. Probably not L3 because I don't want to be fucking trapped in the Falcon. Like, that's a sad demise of a droid. No. No, especially not the Falcon, which is like constantly like in scrapes and it's falling apart. I would want to be uploaded into BB-8 because then I get to hang out with Poe. And Poe is very nice to BB-8. Some people are not very nice to droids. But Poe treats BB-8 well. It's his buddy. He rubs his belly. He gloves him. I'd be BB-8. Yeah, but also, like, the thing that would suck about being L3 is that you're in the Falcon. The Falcon probably smells like boys. Because you have Chewbacca, who... Does Chewbacca shower? (sighs) You know, I don't know. Maybe he uses a lot of dry shampoo. That gets very like linty, kind of like just like just like the white overcast or the white cast that uh, dry shampoo. I cannot use dry shampoo. Whenever I try to think about using dry shampoo, I just always think of like how how much of a mess it becomes, and I imagine that mess of like Chewbacca, like covered and like you know like the white dry shampoo and. Then, like, he would feel all... Because you know that dry shampoo feel where it just doesn't feel right? Like, I would hate if Chewbacca felt like that. But... Can... Can... This is a question I can't believe I'm asking. Can the Millennium Falcon smell itself? Is that what you think? Maybe. I mean, like, maybe L3 knows that it doesn't smell that great in there because it just, it looks like there's never been an air freshener plugged in there. Yeah. It probably smelled a lot better back when Lando owned probably. it. Probably. Like, I can just imagine all the scents. I bet Lando has a bunch of scented candles. <laughs> Scent candles. Lando loves his scented candles. Oh my God! Speaking of candles, Bath and Body Works had a buy one get one free sale on their candles the other day, and I got some candles. Oh, nice! On my table right now is a twisted peppermint one that I'm gonna light up during <gasps> Christmas time. 
That one's so good. I know. And then I got the hot chocolate one. I got like a like a pear, peach one, peach essence, and then champagne toast. There was another one in there. I'm totally forgetting which one it was. But God, I love their candles. I just, I love the Christmassy scents. Like, put me, like, I am a Christmas scent. Like, I just, I love it. I like any of the baked good ones or the chocolatey ones. Oh, I know. Um, I always on like vacations or like somewhere like I, I always now want to like, like bring like a candle with me so like I can associate it with like with a place or with memories. And like Carlos is like, we should bring the hot chocolate one. I'm like, that's perfect because we're going to go hiking and it's going to be cold and we're going to want like hot chocolate or some shit. So we'll be eating lots of pie. So that's good. Hot chocolate's good. But um, I don't know what droid it would be. I'd probably be C-3PO because, like, I want to be able to talk. And, like, C-3PO is mm. really good at that. And, like, I feel like I could, like, elaborate better with some things. You know, I can I could be less annoying, you know, than 3PO. I think it'd be fun because 3PO goes on, like, a lot of adventures. Like, even though, like, an Attack of the Clones, like, he had a little... You know, a little fun day with the droid factory. Like, that wouldn't be fun. But, you know, that's okay. Like, he gets to go to all these cool places. And I don't know. I think I'd be... I, I, I want to be helpful. Like, I'd, I think I would be a good... A good 3PO droid. Yeah, that works. You'd be a lot less annoying. Hopefully, like I, I know that sometimes I could push it, but hopefully it, I wouldn't as much. I just get so excited by people, by things, and especially being 3PO. Like I would just be like, just out there. But yeah, thank you, Rebecca, for the voicemail. That was an awesome question. Uh, we also got an email from Adele and it is titled book report. Hi, Emily and Brittany. I decided to read rise of Skywalker mainly because I could get it immediately on ebook through the library while all my other books were on the waiting list. What follows is my report. Don't bother. <laughs> I don't know whether the author was bad or just absolutely uninspired by their horrendous source material, but they seemed just as confused by the plot as I was. They found almost no ways to draw on the material to create a richer world with insight into the characters. Finn's almost confessed secret, forgotten, just like in the movie. At so many points where there seemed to be room for an enhancement, there was none. Best part. When meeting Lando, he tells the group that the First Order intentionally targeted the families and children of those in the Rebellion, including his own. Not to kill them, but to turn them against their own families. Not only does this set him up on an arc to discover that Jonna is his long-lost daughter we actually know about ahead of time, but also deeper deepens John's, John's story when we first meet her and we can guess who she is related to. This also helps explain why so many former rebel fighters were missing in action. They've been broken by losing their families. Worst part, Ben calling Ray's sweetheart even more vomit inducing than the gratuitous kiss. Brittany would be bored, Emily enraged. Don't bother, Adele. <laughs> P.S. What beer do you think pairs best with this podcast for maximum listening pleasure? Ugh, I'm still thinking about how he called her sweetheart. Ugh. That's so fucking gross. God, I want to know the context of that so I can just be like, Ugh. but, um, 
I don't know. I'm I'm not the biggest beer person, but like anything like I like a good sour. Yeah, me too. I was gonna say a sour. I love it. A little, it could be a little bit tart, just like us. Yes. Oh, that's perfect. I love a good tart. Something nicely acidic. <laughs> yes, that is that, that's us. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm I'm glad I didn't read the book. Uh, I do I do think that bit about them specifically targeting children of the rebellion is really interesting. Like that would have been a really cool thing to have in your movie. I think that a lot of cool things could have been added to the movie, but they weren't. And sometimes I forget that it's an actual thing. But then I'm reminded and then I'm like, God damn it. Because it sucks. Ugh. Sweetheart. God, I can't get I can't get that out of my fucking head. Like Ew. Ew. That's some bad fan fiction shit right there. Like, my dislike for that pairing aside, it just seems like such a, like, it doesn't seem in character at all. I could, like, see it as, like, you know, Han calling Leia sweetheart. But, I mean, that Leia and Han are so much more different than Rey and Kylo. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Well, God, I appreciate Adele so much for just this book report. Like, this is great. <laughs> this this would, like, be Johnny Grasso's heaven right here. <laughs> man. But, yeah, man, I'm glad you, glad you got through that. That seemed rough. That always sucks when just all the bads, like, outweigh, like, the goods in a book. You know, especially, like... I don't know. This book was hyped a little bit and, you know, it came out a lot later than it was supposed to. And I don't know. Yeah, that I think I'll be I think I'll be avoiding that one. Me too. Thank you, Adele. All right. Want to get to Deadwood? Yeah, let's talk about it. What episode are we on? I believe we were on episode seven here. Let me look. I I was just so distracted by the fact that like two very large characters got to meet for the fucking first time. And it was just weird seeing them two in a room together when, you know, I've been watching the show for months. Yeah, it is more than halfway through. Season two, because we're on, yeah, it was episode seven. EB left, was left out. And we have Alma and Swearingen meeting for the first time. And it's one of those things like, like you know, he there's a, there's a line he has last season about how the fact that he's never even met her. But it, it always surprises me because I'm like, but they're two main, not only are they two main characters, but like he's so important to her story. That it's wild that they didn't have me. And it's like good writing, really, that like to show that restraint because I mean, of course they didn't meet. Their their like social statuses are so in, like crazily different. And you know, it's like the eighteen hundreds that you didn't just like she's not gonna be going to a saloon or anything. I know, I loved how it just it seems so intense and especially like Sophia being like freaked the fuck out over Al. Like, that was just, I felt so bad for her, but I was just like, wow, like, what a, I, 
I just can't believe that they were able to just sit there and get along and have like an adult conversation. Like it was just wild. Yeah. And, and sort of, you see him like getting this, this like begrudging respect for her for how tough she's been and the fact that she's like calling him out on his bullshit and also his cursing which is hilarious because he doesn't even know he's doing it i love his cursing he's just so good and yeah like because when he when he asks if like about tea and then when he's leaving she asks him what kind of tea he likes and he has that i like that fucking black darjeeling I did that the, the line and his little like oops expression afterwards where he puts his finger to his lips. Oh, oh, Ian Rashane is so good. He is. Yeah. And there was some drama that went down, some drama that went down in camp too. Yeah. You get, uh, you get, you get, you get Charlie beating the ever living shit out of Mr. W. That was this episode, right? I watched it a week ago. Okay, because I watched it a week ago. So I'm a little bit, I got to remember that. Yeah, because he knows what happened with Joni and like basically makes an excuse of because they were in, they were in line to get breakfast at, at the hotel and he, and Mr. W steps on his foot. So he like drags outside and just beats him. You know, knowing how violent Mr. W is, like, I was really worried that he was going to kill him. So it kind of, like, quickly, like, kind of, like, scrolled to see, like, what would happen. Because I don't want to see Charlie fucking die. Like, that's not what I signed up for. Like, Charlie's a good guy. I was just surprised just because he's a violent fucking man. And just knowing what he did to those poor girls and the fact that he just let Charlie just beat the shit out of him. Well... I don't think he gets into a lot of fights as opposed to just like slitting women's throats. And also there is that whole like, and it, and it makes him like even grosser sort of his like, Oh, poor me. Like I have this terrible urge thing where I think he like, he wants to get punished. Oh, it's like a fetish or like a kink or some shit. Like he, yeah, and it like makes it even creepier because it's like it. It's like he's he's not the type of like like it's not like he has no sense of right or wrong. He knows that he's a terrible person and continues to do this shit anyway. But that, but it's so interesting because he, at the end of it, he um he asked Charlie to come see him so he can give him the Wild Bill Hickok letter that he bought from Farnham. And just seeing Charlie's face, like, getting that letter from, you know, like, the last letter of his dead friend, this man who he loved so dearly. And that apparently that letter is real. Like, that is, like, that's in, like, a museum somewhere. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, like, that letter is the last letter that he wrote and it is really beautiful when it made it like it makes it even sadder like just you know that whole like my last my last thoughts will be of you and oh i miss wild bill i do too even though like i didn't know him like i miss just the memories and the beard <laughs> the outfit and just the all all of it oh he's great yeah what a shame. 
Yeah. Oh, I've got like this episode actually begins with because we pick up after. Um, so last episode, Merrick's printing press was destroyed by um, size little minion dudes. <laughs> and he has a great scene with Swearingen. Who, who whose <laughs> way of giving him a pet talk is just smack him across the face. But then he has it's it's one of my favorite speeches in Deadwood, you know, which is like, you know, he slaps him and, and Maris like that hurt. And he's like, and Alice is just like, Are you dead? He's like, No. It's like and then it's and then it's, you know, pain and damage don't end the world. Yeah, you know, d- nor despair or fucking beatings. And like and basically his speech is you're gonna get you're gonna have a lot of shit thrown at you and fucking deal with it and throw shit back. Ah, oh, it's so good. That was good. And you know, the conversation that Alma and Seth had, they were actually, you know, insinuating and, you know, discussing her pregnancy with without like actually like saying it, which I thought was weird because like he knows, she knows. And he was like, Oh, do you want me to leave? And she's like I don't give a fuck what you do, but make your own goddamn decision. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. The f- yeah. The fact that he is once again, like he did, like when, when they were deciding whether they, like when Martha first came, the fact that he is putting that decision on her is so shitty. You're going to be a dad, my dude. Like, step up, you know, like, don't gotta figure this shit out on your own like obviously like almost fine she has her shit figured out like she's a strong independent woman who doesn't need your ass but i don't know their dynamic is just so interesting and i don't know if they're like going to continue hooking up after this like i don't know if he's just gonna like be on like full-on dad mode like i don't know if she's gonna you know marry someone you know keep the i don't know because she's not showing yet so she's fine for now but once she starts showing like people are gonna know that you know her and Seth, you know, got a little frisky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um the other big thing in this episode is uh Tolliver sort of misplaying his hand here, which is I mean he uh, like he obviously wants to use what he knows about Mr. W and the murders like as blackmail. But once Charlie beats the shit out of him, he's worried because, you know, like, you know, because Charlie's sort of been Seth's deputy. Like he's worried about them legally doing something. So goes to Al to be like, hey, we need, you know, this is this is Hearst's main guy. We can't do anything to him. We got to make sure everybody in town is on board with that because Hearst could like rain hell down upon us. And because Al is not stupid, and you know, like saw Joni sending off the other girls, he puts everything together. So now, Sai isn't the only one with this information, which means Sai can't really do anything with it, and. Al also doesn't flat out tell Bullock, but, you know, like basically lets Bullock knows what's going on. And and Bullock's, 
you know, kind of agrees, well, there's not really much we can do. I guess, I'll, you know, I guess we won't, you know, I won't let Charlie kill the dude. But I love, I love, I love it when, when Al and Seth are on the same side. Me too. And I love how bad of a liar that Charlie is and trying to convince everyone that the fight started because he stepped on his foot. <laughs> Charlie's the best. He's so sweet. He is. Like his, you know, his protectiveness of Joni and like him always trying to help Jane even when she's often horrible to him. And again, like just like the the at the end when he gets the letter, he's just looking at it with this like sense of awe on his face. And it's just it's such a beautiful like like lovely moment on a show that does not get many lovely moments. Yeah. I was really worried about him though, the fact that he was in the room with Mr. W. Like I thought Mr. W was gonna kill him. Oh my god, that would have been terrible. Like that's what I thought was gonna happen. Like this man scares me. I don't know what the fuck he's gonna do. Yeah, he's very scary. Hmm. Well another episode down. We're getting close to the season finale. We've got five episodes last this season. Five? Yeah, there's twelve episodes. Oh wow, never mind. I always forget. Yeah, I was thinking it was shorter than that, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see Alma kick some more ass and take names. I swear to God, just Farnham. Like, the fucking rat. Like, every time he just he just goes somewhere and just causes trouble, him in his stupid fucking hat and just his stupid mayor outfit, just everything about him is stupid. He's such a rat. <laughs> He's like he I I am having trouble coming up with a more weaselly character on any TV show. He's the fucking worst. And he was so butthurt that he wasn't at that stupid meeting. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's 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 so funny. He just bothers everyone. He's just like yeah. a nuisance to everyone. It just is so annoying. Like even almost just like get the fuck away from me like he puts something on the table for Sophia and even Sophia's like the fuck is this like he's I don't like him he's bad yeah um, anything else to talk about today no I think we covered everything in more time than the Mandalorian trailer so I think we're good I mean, I would have been surprised if it was an hour-long trailer, but you never know. It's 2020. You never know what could happen. Yeah, but uh, we're close to the Mandalorian. Uh, we got, we've got, well, we got one more episode to record before we'll be recording our post-Mandalorian episodes, but. Awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. Um... Thank you to Adele and Rebecca for writing in. If you want to write in, you can send us, you know, send us email like Adele did or send us voice messages like Rebecca did. You know, you can just record like a, you know, voice memo on your phone and then email it to us. And that's cantobitepod at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at cantobitepod. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Evelind. Where are you, Brittany? I am on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. See? I think that's it, right? Yeah, that's everything. Alrighty. We will talk to y'all next week. Bye.
Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go. It's time to serenade my girl Lando. Sorry, the ladies were had to say no, but if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto. No shame in the game. It even Rogue One seem tame. But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main. Yeah, that's fire. Love on the rocks, leaves the love on my socks. Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked, especially when y'all truly whips out his cock. Canto bite. Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E&B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches all my Canto bitches Start off with my Aussies Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch With Canto bitch number one Josh made it a team And had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream That made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo And throw back some brew Fish tacos and San Fran You know we approve Rebecca from Perth I haven't met you yet Last shout to Frushy Dude I didn't forget This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Rubia and Adele often email the show I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and horse be it scum and villainy King Tom Death Watch The most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time so I shout a rush too You know the list ain't complete without lesson boo This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name Don't feel no shame You love the fun The games And refresher bangs Hang on every word Of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes Every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word Maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know Maybe ask the girls If Yaddle squirts Take your CBD Send in your top three, And you'll always be A bitch like me Get him Eric